0: It's Friday night everybody, you know what that means, it's Friday night, let's have some fun, let's get together
1: and play a ton
2: Hi I'm Matt, and I'm John, and we're
0: Friday Friday Night night Games! And with us today is our good friend and founding father of Friday Night Games, Mr. Kevin Kwan. Thanks for joining us again today, Kevin.
1: Thank you for having me.
2: Cool. And, and so today's topics, uh, we're going to discuss the world of card games and talk about the difference between living card games and collectible slash customizable card games. A few games we've been playing on each topic, and we might just geek out about something at the end of this podcast we're going to be talking about lcgs versus ccgs and wtms huh what that means i get see ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so <laughs> all right so first of all have uh, either two of you ever played any lcgs before ever
1: i
0: don't think i have no
1: no i haven't
2: um <laughs> Well, and b- both of you have played uh, collectible card games. We- we've played a lot of them over our whole span of being friends, actually, in grade school. That's true. So uh, typical collectible card games would be like Magic, which we mention every episode, which they are not paying us. Be- <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, if they if they want to.
2: If Wizards of the Coast wants to give us some swag, we'd definitely take it. So so basically, on we had another podcast before where we talked a lot about Hearthstone and Magic, and I think I think it was uh, Gem Blenders a little bit. Yep. And and on that one, I think I made a lot of statements about how CCGs are, are very, right? It's like, I, I felt like you open up a pack, you're kind of gambling on what you're going to get. Right. So the other end of it is to actually go to LCGs. So living card games. Living card games are a form of collectible card game where instead of opening packs and opening boxes, you now buy a core box which has all the cards for to to give you the experience right out of a single purchase so it's much different than a collectible card game um where you keep buying packs and you buy packs and packs to try and collect everything and this you could be like oh i want another character they have all the characters um that you can purchase and you just purchase one and then that automatically adds into the game so it's it's very easy to to customize your game the way you want it. So if like an expansion comes out and you don't really care for uh, Mickey Mouse expansion, then you could just toss it out the window.
0: Nice.
2: Um, yeah. And so Fantasy Flight is a big distributor of these games. They have uh, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, uh, or Arkham Horror, and very recently they added Marvel to it. So, Marvel Champions was something I got to play over the last couple weeks, which was a very entertaining experience.
0: Nice. I do have a question for you, though, Matthew. Yeah, go for it. So, with the LCGs uh, versus collectible card games, like I know playing like Magic the Gathering and stuff as kids, there were some like super valuable cards that were available. Does that happen in the LCG world at all? Or just because you have the core box, everyone sort of has. All the cards? No, next question.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just joking around. So, yeah, that is, the, that is the thing, right? You're not collecting anymore, so you're getting everything. There's no, there's no collectors per se, although living card games can stop printing things. Say, uh, Arkham Horror, the card game, might have an expansion, say, Path to Carcosa, and that expansion might actually go out of print, so that's when that would become valuable because people want to play with that game. But it's different than Magic because in Magic, you know, there's only so many Black Lotuses is produced, but everyone wants a Black Lotus to be the best Magic player because it's like hacking your deck, getting three mana on turn zero for right. zero mana or for, for to pay zero to get three. Right. So it's it's immediate. It, it basically helps you. You you know, it's it's a part of the game that's broken (laughs) so and it's valuable because they didn't produce a lot of them and everyone wants this card because it does break the game there's a demand for it nice plus it has beautiful art it's a really nice card but but collect but living card games don't have that problem you know they're just going to produce whatever they could produce but but like in, in collecting anything you know if if the game goes out of style and people stop playing it then that will up the value if those cards were to be used later on in the future. Nice. What Fantasy Flight has in store, I don't know. I'm not. I don't work there. They don't give us any tidbits because we don't ask. <laughs> so, <laughs> so over the last couple of weeks, I got to play uh, Marvel Champions by Fantasy Flight Games, um, which is a one to four player living card game that actually came out at Gen Con. And when we were there, we saw a million people playing it, which is pretty cool. So we were kind of a little late to the party since it came out, you know, three quarters of a year ago. Um, but the game, you play as Iron Man or Spider-Man or She-Hulk or Black Panther or Captain Marvel. And each one of those is has a set of 10 core cards which make up your deck, and each one plays very differently. So it gives you like a different style of play. So for instance, Iron Man will use tech upgrades while Captain Marvel focuses on energy attacks. And then so with their core decks, you then combine it with a secondary skill deck, which there are four of, Leadership, Protection, Aggression, and Justice. And each one focuses on a very specific game mechanism. So you combine those cards together to make your deck. And then you have a couple basic standard cards you add into and they just help you draw or heal or however else you want to add a little spice to your deck in the game you're going to face off against the villain who gets uh two character cards so you have to beat two phases of a character and a starting scenario and on the starting scenario they the starting scenario collects threats and you technically lose when that collects enough threats or the villain kills all the people in your game and then you win if you beat st- Both phases of the villain before the scheme gets played out. One quick note. The villain deck consists of Rhino, Claw, and Ultron. And then they come with a set of cards. You throw their cards in the deck. And then you also throw in a side uh, scheme set of cards into the deck. You throw in standard scheme cards into the deck. And then... Every character has a single obligation card that you also put in. And then on the side, you will have a nemesis pile. So like the characters that go against your character and those on the side, you you technically, as you play, you might draw a card that puts it into play against you and adds their nemesis cards to the deck, which makes it really challenging. It's cool. It plays over a round. Basically, you have your hero round and your hero can flip between alter ego and superhero to, to fight the villain. It's, it's super cool. Cool. Yeah, you have to like fight threat management. So you have to take you have to remove threat from the quests and you have to you have to be your alter ego to heal and then be your normal character to remove threat and attack the guy.
0: Are you able to play the game solo?
2: I actually beat the game solo, nice. which is pretty cool. Beat it on s- several difficulties. You you basically the side quests determine how hard it is. So I added in like the right cards to make it hard. And I actually played it uh with two players too, and that was actually really fun because I was teaching someone and they caught on pretty quick but we lost the first game because the nemesis card got put into play. Okay. And it just, we just got steamrolled when that thing is, we were just like the nemesis cards are powerful and they do a lot of, you know, they, they add in another. So on the villain turn, they actually scheme or attack depending on if you're a villain or if you're in your hero mode or if you're in your um, alter ego mode. So if you're in your alter ego, they'll scheme, which means they draw a card to put more threat onto the scheme. Or they attack you, and so with the nemesis, it's like another attack against you. So you're—it's really tough. To, it's a really tough game to beat. Cool. Yeah.
1: So what makes it living? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, the cards are alive. Oh, they <laughs> when jump you on get at-
1: them? yeah, yeah. They attack me.
2: Yeah. <laughs> The, the living sense is that you buy the core game and then with the core game, you buy little expansions. Some of the expansions that are, come, that are either coming out or are out are like Thor, Doctor Strange, Hulk, right? So that adds a whole new set of classic cards, a Nemesis, and an Obligation. So that's really neat. And then the, and the other thing is that you can actually buy more scenario cards. So, you know, you can first, I think Hobgoblin might be one of them. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But hobgoblin. But you buy like a, a set, like another. You fight another villain, which is pretty cool. So you can you can add that to it. And then they're coming out with more expansions too. There's an expansion coming out this year.
0: No, it sounds really interesting to play. I like that you don't have to invest into the game. Say I don't want Hulk. I don't need to buy it. Seems like it doesn't change the gameplay of the core game at all.
2: No, no, it doesn't it doesn't it definitely doesn't change the core game at all. Um, I, I think the villain decks are kind of cool because if you want more variety, because c- because the villain decks play out all differently and then all the hero decks play out all differently. So it's kind of neat like, like for me as a player, I kind of get into like, oh, this is what it, this is the style of deck I like playing. And then which is what you're saying, which is really cool because I, I really like playing as Black Panther, um, because he had like a really neat mechanic where you play a card. And it triggers all his equipment. Okay. And so you you deal extra damage and stuff. It was just really it was just a really fun mechanic. Whereas like She Hulk was pretty straightforward. You're just smashing the other person
1: <laughs> in the face. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but she but she had a higher health value. There's there's things too. And then your alter ego side and your hero side also determine your hand sizes. So when you're in alter ego side, you can actually draw up more. Awesome. Which is pretty neat. And I felt like our strategy was more like just try to prolong the game a bit. And then you kind of get all your skills out. And that's what helps you beat the the opponent, which is cool.
0: Does it use like deck building mechanics as you're going along? So the only, no, it, it's,
2: it's purely a draw and play. So, oh, sorry. So every card has like a cost in the top left. And then every card also has a like a resource in the bottom left. Yeah. You discard cards to get their resources to pay the value in the top left. And then that's how you put cards out into play. Okay. And then at the end of round, you just draw up to your hand size.
0: Nice.
2: Both of you would love it. I, I really liked it. In fact, like after I played it, I'm like, wow, this is so good. I started looking into the expansions right away. I didn't <laughs> buy anything, but I, I started like, I'm like, oh yeah, I can see. You know, I started like, oh, getting really excited. Like, I'll probably buy the expansion, to be honest with you. And but this isn't also the first uh, living card game I played. I've I've played Arkham Horror, the card game, uh-huh. which is kind of what got me excited for this. Very late to the game on that. I started playing that in February, which is one of the reasons why I bought Marvel Champions, because I'm like it's kind of the upgraded version of it, which which is true. Um, so the, so the main difference between those two and Arkham Horror, the card game, is very popular. Is that Arkham Horror, the card game, you're more, there's like card tiles that you're going through. So like us, we're like a team of investigators and we'd be exploring these tiles to get clues. And as we get clues, that helps us beat the main uh, scenario, which is made up of a bunch of acts. Okay. You're trying to, you're, you're racing the clock because every round, um, so like in Marvel Champions, they put threat on the scenario. In Arkham Horror, they put doom So as the doom levels increase, you trigger these bad events where bad things happen. Okay. While in Marvel, it's kind of like a, it's not really the, like there's, there's events, but the events just kind of speed up the act of you losing the game. It's not like Arkham Horror where as, as you lose events, stories unfold. So, so Arkham Horror has a lot more story to it that you follow while Marvel champions is kind of like arcade ish. You're like, take a character, throw in uh, a secondary skill and then just fight a boss, you know whereas oh, like, like Arkham horror sides, is like
0: like those side scrollers, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you do, yeah, like maximum carnage, Okay. okay. <laughs> totally, nice. yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that's a good comparison, yeah, it it is kind of like that, like it's like just grab a deck, throw it together, play, you know, and Arkham horror is more like, oh well, you're gonna be investing in all the expansions because the expansions are gonna carry on the story, wow, so for instance i I've been playing path to uh. Carcosa and and it has like six other mini expansions that continues the story from the core expansion awesome yeah and and that's another one that I kind of wish we played but it kind of has kind of was playing it right before this <laughs> isolation but Marvel Champions is, is a quicker game of it and it's easier to teach and it's fun so I highly recommend I actually highly recommend both of them if you don't if you've never played in a living card game, I'd totally recommend Marvel Champions as arcadey. But if you want to get into like more deeper into it, play Arkham Horror because it has a great story and you play the story along. That's cool.
1: How long is the playthrough?
2: Uh, for which one?
1: Uh, Marvel Champions.
2: Uh, playthrough solo. I feel like it's twenty minutes per player. Uh, when I played it two players it was forty minutes. Um, when I played it solo it was twenty minutes. So it's actually like a pretty good solitaire type of game. Cool. Yeah, Arkham Horror is a little longer. It's about an hour. I play it solo. It took an hour or to an hour and a half every playthrough. I feel like with two players you might just add on another half an hour but they're they're pretty lengthy.
1: So Matt, you mentioned uh, the LCG's Marvel Champions, Marvel Champions and Arkham Horror. Did you hear about one by Fantasy Flight about Star Wars 2? One thing that really sucks about living
2: card games is that they're expensive. <laughs> so, you know, like Arkham Horror can run you a good $200 so I don't have all the money to buy all of them. But you know what? Hopefully, hopefully it will. I, I sorry. I should say Arkham Horror plus expansion plus all the story to that expansion runs you two hundred bucks. But hopefully, Star Wars isn't like the collectible card game that the three of us used to play. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> when we were, when we were like 13. 12, 13.
0: Uh, <laughs> right? What do you mean? Hey, hey, hey! Hey, hey. Listen, listen.
1: Hey, hey. Go talk smack about. <laughs>
0: Star Wars, all right?
1: What do you mean? What do you mean? What's uh <laughs>
2: You know what? I feel like I feel like most of our listeners uh pri- like after this, I feel like they wouldn't even know what Star Wars CCG is. Oh, that's do you wanna, like, they might. L- they might elaborate a little bit. It's like 20 so years. Anyway, old. <laughs>
0: so Anyway, I don't know if you guys remember actively playing uh the Star Wars uh CCG back when we were 10, 11, 12 maybe. Believe it or
2: not. Believe it or not. I still know the rules. Awesome.
0: awesome. <laughs> so what's, what's cool about custom card games, you know, commonly they're played between two players, right? And it's cool because they mix. It's very strategic. Um, and you work with, like, deck building uh, with elements of trading cards. And so uh, players build up their decks by collecting different cards, which makes, you know, like we said earlier, some cards based on demand end up being more valuable and more sought out after but then but they can make decks really really powerful. So like in the Star Wars game, you're that Darth Vader card that everyone wanted. So, you know, collectible uh, card games introduced um, in 93 with Magic the Gathering, but you know, I always for whatever reason, I always had a really hard time getting into Magic. Um I you know, I did I did collect my I did collect it when we were playing as kids and stuff like that, but I felt like I understood Star Wars more. Um, than i did magic so i played a lot of star wars it's
2: actually kind of interesting for me because i actually found star wars a lot harder to play than magic it
1: was (laughs) it was
2: (laughs) (laughs) i thought it was like way more complicated i don't know did you not did you not think that you thought it was you've actually found it easier to play
0: i must have because i i actually was looking through just just to see what i had and actually found most of my star wars cards that I that oh I man have. we
2: should play so
0: I'm 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 gonna have to go through and see if I can make a deck out of everything okay but I do have two sleeved cards yeah um I've got Lando Calrissian
1: whoa it's like two bucks now. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's two
1: dollars
0: and uh and it. the Death Star oh wow so which is kind of cool because usually like oh no this is a ship I guess it'd be classified as a ship
1: maybe a anyway. location yeah.
0: I think it's really cool. I you know, I was trying to look to see if they're worth anything, but they're they're not. I know Lando when we were younger was about a $30 card and now it's worth like 2 bucks. So
2: Wow. Uh, wow. That's actually really sad yeah. because I feel like I feel like these are going to be hard to find cards at some point. Yeah. Like, at some point, people are going to want them, and they're going to be really hard to find. I don't know why they're $2.
0: So Star Wars is an out-of-print collectible card game that was produced by Decipher, Inc. back in 95 and ran until about 2001, where they got into, like, a bidding war with Lucasfilms, and they actually uh, sold the uh, license, took the license from Decipher and sold it to Wizards of the Coast. Um, it did have full 11 full expansions that ran through... All of the original trilogy and then um, I think the Phantom Menace was coming out around that time as well so that was included in it but it was actually one of the top selling uh, ccgs next uh, second to magic on the market it's kind of cool like it it was played with two players one player played at the dark side one player is the uh, light side and uh, you played with various locations on the table and y'all and you were battling to control those locations so what was cool with like that so if i would lay a planet down they would have like a light side verbiage and then dark side verbiage so whoever control it that's kind of like how it's flipped players make strategic decisions about characters vehicles and what the cards that they're using but your your deck is limited to 60 cards and it's represented by uh the amount of life so the quote-unquote the force that you're using in the game that's kind of like how you uh you're trying to get your opponent to use their force faster than you do so they they kind of discard their deck faster so i don't know i thought it was a really cool game when we were kids maybe i'm just not remembering it properly (laughs) (laughs) Uh, maybe it
2: was the maybe it was the experience rather than the game itself i I don't know i don't know if
0: you remember but i used to i used to remember rollerblading to the uh card shop in tecumseh which is a town in around where we where we grew up and we would go there and play on like a weekend Afternoon. I don't know if you remember doing that, Matt.
2: I do. I do. In fact, I remember learning one of my life lessons
1: going to that card shop. (laughs) Which was,
2: my dad made me walk home once. He usually picked me up from there, but one time, you know, I was like 13 or something, and you're always embarrassed about your parents. Yeah. And so he came in, and I was kind of like, I was kind of, I was rude. I was a little rude to him. I'm like. I don't know what I said. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, Dad, whatever. I'll, I'll, be there in a minute. And he was actually kind of upset because he had places to go. And I'm like, oh yeah, geez. And then he just like left. And that was before cell phones, so like I couldn't call anybody. I just like, I guess I'm walking home. Guess I'm walking home? <laughs> By the other hand, like it actually made me really think about what I did. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that wasn't very nice. Yeah, cause that, that, wasn't <laughs> bit.
0: that wasn't a that wasn't a fast walk home either. So.
2: Not not from my house. No, it was yeah. like a good hour. Yeah. It was a good hour walk, yeah. Which which isn't really that bad when you like think back, but as a kid, when you don't really walk in many places in, in our city, you're just like, oh, it is a long walk, but I don't know. it's my own fault. I was stupid. That's all right.
0: So, Matt, but the way you tried to segue into this, sounds like you had some <laughs> issues with this game.
1: Oh. <sighs> <laughs>
0: yeah i did
2: uh it's funny like i said uh, earlier i said i remember the rules which would have been um wow 20 23 years ago you know the problem was you're collecting light side and dark side cards so it made it not very accessible right so you have to go out and you have to buy two sets of decks to to play so you're hoping that you know one of your buddies has a light side or dark side deck and you have the other or you're collecting all one for someone to help someone else play also, I felt the game's really long. Um, with the introduction of like vehicles and you know, like like the Hoth expansion had vehicles and you had to like get in and get in and out of a vehicle. It, it felt more of a uh, like you know, and now now that I think about it, it's actually more of a like a D and D experience <laughs> with locations. No, seriously, like yeah, yeah. like you, you would equip you'd like deploy a character and then equip a weapon and I, I felt I swear the game took forever to play.
0: Yeah, I think I think the gameplay was like at least an hour at least.
2: At least. Yeah. yeah, it was definitely like over an hour. And and I felt like even even sometimes when you thought you like were about to kill a person, they could just keep living because of the the force. They could just keep discarding. I'm like, "Oh, this is just taking forever." <laughs> <laughs> so like it had it had some good ideas. Like it's cool to like, you know, use your deck as a health as a life force, but at the same time it it just the the mechanics of the game itself are really drawn out.
0: Yeah, I can understand that. Um what's actually really cool about it, there's actually an online it's called the Star Wars Player Committee that have continued to play this game and they have actually like rewritten the rules. What yeah. stop it. Yeah man. <laughs> so yeah, they've rewritten the rules pretty much. Yeah, and the rule and the rules are extensive. And they broke it down to um, advanced rulebook and then beginner's rulebook that's smart so like if you're getting into it now you can just play the beginner's rulebook which is probably equivalent to like the premier deck that, that you could you were able to buy which had like a full deck of light side and a full deck of dark side
2: oh, I'll be honest I think like 2 years ago I was thinking of getting back into it again for some stupid reason and I actually <laughs> found that site <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I didn't I didn't know they rewrote the rules I think that was actually a really smart idea
0: yeah so they're on advanced rulebook version 3.0 Wow, and then they've got some other different rules for different playabilities, I guess.
2: So on an interesting note, you know, we played, we played the original game. We played Hoth. Uh, Dagobah came out. I think there was another one we played too. Yeah. Uh, So
0: on my box here, um, I have Premiere, A New Hope, Hoth, Dagobah, and Cloud City.
2: Right, and then after that was um.
1: Or Jabba's Palace. No,
2: Jabba's Palace. Yeah, yeah, and then they actually had, like, two or three more that we never... Yeah. At like, Endor... Um, they had
1: Endor. They yeah. re- released uh, Death Star 2. They, like, started re-releasing some, so then they also released some... They redid uh, New Hope and some Premiere stuff. And those cards, if you still have them, uh, those are actually worth more than the original ones. They're worth more than Premiere Limited. So the newer versions were...
2: Let, let me guess, it's it's because less people start, most people stop playing the game right. around when those were released. Yeah, that's probably why. And then people are trying to collect everything, <laughs> like they can't <laughs> find these cards. Yeah,
1: yeah, they did so. that. And then they also released some foil cards too, and some of the foil cards are worth a little more money as well. And some import ones, like they were released in Japan, so there were some Japanese ones too. Nice.
0: Yeah. That's super cool. Kevin with the Star Wars knowledge, I like it, I like it. <laughs> Kevin, did you sell all your Star Wars cards?
1: Yes, recently I did sell all my cards on... Your Star Wars cards? Because I had those since we played and then just sat in my closet for like a decade plus, right? 20 years. And then wow. I was looking to sell them because they've just been literally sitting in there for a couple decades. And uh, on Facebook,
2: and and so that and so that's why you know every all the pricing. Yeah, yeah, I, I looked it up
1: really recently, like, a couple months ago. Like, like how much is
2: like how much is Darth Vader worth? Just curious.
1: So there's the limited premiere one that was like maybe like five or ten bucks. It wasn't maybe twenty, but not a mm, lot.
2: Mm, I sold mine in grade eleven <laughs> for forty dollars. So take that. Yeah, it's
1: not worth <laughs> much anymore. But the the thing with the Star Wars, kind of like how you're saying D&D, it's like, you know, that you have levels and you gain levels, right? But it's like with with Star Wars CCG, it's like the characters with each each version that came out with each new set, like, they'd be having a new version of the character. So, like, in Premiere you had Luke, and then in Dagobah you had Son of Skywalker, which is just Luke, and now he's uh, more in Jedi and training. And then later on, in uh, the later sets, you had uh, Luke Jedi Knight, so then they kept on doing that, and it was really difficult to play back then, because there were so many rules. You can only have one version of each of such-and-such such character out, and it just made things so much more complicated and so much more difficult to build a deck.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And then every character had, like, different values, too. So, like, you know, Son of Skywalker might be better at something than... <laughs> or, sorry, no, they kept getting upgraded, right. so, like son of Skywalker and Luke Skywalker Jedi Knight were better than the original Luke Skywalker. And you're just like, I don't know, what, what do I need?
1: Right. <laughs>
2: do I need any of this? Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Like why even have the original set? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So Star Wars, like, you know, I'm not like hating on the game, but there were like a lot of rules and that made it really, really frustrating back when we were playing.
2: Yeah. Which is why um, you can easily just go to digital, you know, that's why I think digital games are way better because there's a, you know, you don't have to keep memorizing those
0: rules. Yeah, there, yeah, there's there's a lot of games that have jumped to digital, right? Like I know, I know the the Star Wars Players Committee, uh, they play digitally, uh, they got a lot of digital cards out on there. Magic's on digital.
2: Yeah, Magic's been on digital for a long time, yeah. but uh, the new the new Arena one is kind of the one that really, uh, st- or the the recent one, the one that came out in the last two years is one that stood out. But I personally play a lot of Hearthstone, right? myself, and um, I actually play it because. I don't like. It's it's easier to understand all the rules because the game kind of tracks all the rules for you. Yeah. So it kind of so it stops me from like having to worry about oh let me look up rule A or rule B, you know which which is it's a big joke between us but we play a lot of games wrong. In fact, I could admit that I played Marvel Champions wrong a couple times. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> so, so I kind of wish I had the rules, but
0: well apparently, Anyways, apparently, but apparently I played Star Wars wrong because I think it's easier than Magic. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you probably had eight luke skywalkers on the table right so probably. <laughs> but yeah no like hearthstone hearthstone has been a phenomenal game for me because it gives me the same uh magic experience that i had but i don't have to like like i said i don't have to worry about the rules and and we talked about going to a card store i don't have to go to a board game shop or a card store to find players to play there's a lot of people yeah. online, the matchmaking service is easy and I could and I could do it. Yeah, I would love. Honestly, the one thing I hate about it is I can't play with the rest of you. I can't just be like, "Hey guys, play with my decks." I mean, I could. You guys could play online, but we don't have that personal experience being in a room and playing together, joking around, having a a, a beer now or a pop back then, right? Yeah, like that experience is gone.
0: That experience is gone now anyway.
2: yeah i might be gone for another year or two so i guess you're right but but no but that my point is just i rather you know i rather be eventually we'll get back to it and i rather be in a room and play games with people but at the same time i can't share hearthstone with you you could argue that you can but like it's not the same experience it's not like the physical tangible cards you know
0: Well, I know, um, a big topic with, especially with the jump to digital and you're able to have those well sought out cards a little bit more easily accessible to you in the digital platform. But like, I read a lot about collector burnout, right? Like just, you know, magic's got how many expansions to it now? Too many. Right. Like (laughs) at what point do you just say I'm, I'm done
2: well, and and that I think happened to me with Magic. You know, after uh, two years of playing it, and I think I had a year off at one point. Uh, between no, maybe I had like three or four years, and I had a year off, year or two off between those years. Yeah. You know, honestly, what really gets you is you're like, oh, you can't collect everything. Right. You know, you you have that urge, and we all have an urge to get everything, and you don't, you can't get that. But with living card games, you can it will cost you know it's going to cost money it's still way cheaper than magic right but at least i can get everything and play everything i can see everything and magic i I can't because there's you know there's money literally money is the gate is the barrier (laughs) and i'm not and as an adult i'm not going to spend all my money on magic cards (laughs) although if i could (laughs) i definitely would you know and but but I will say the digital games also have burnout too because you know with with Hearthstone, um if if you if someone listened to my previous podcast about it, I I said that I only collect two classes yeah because it's because it, after that it gets you know that's and even then that's paying like a hundred dollars per set, whereas after that which which is a lot I know, and then after that it's like, you know how much money do I have to spend to get all the cards and. I think that that is just, it's stupid. It becomes gambling, you know, right. back to the original topic. It becomes gambling and right. that's not right. So you have to get in the mindset that I'm not going to have everything. I just want, you know, one thing. And, 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 you know, like Novi plays a lot of Hearthstone. He doesn't pay any money for it. He just plays it. Right. So mm. he plays it for, for nothing and he has decent decks. He just looks into like cheap competitive decks and that's what he plays with
0: it's all about playing experience at this point if you're playing on digital and you want to make your own deck your own right and that's what you play with that's what you enjoy playing with yeah
2: it's my you're right it is my own experience right so but i mean but everyone but again there's the meta on digital is a lot easier to 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 acquire right like you just go online type in hot hearthstone decks and huge list comes up and then and then everyone you play is using that deck, and you're like, wow, this is so stupid. <laughs> Why do we even have this? <laughs> <laughs> we should just have a living card game. Everyone should just have a set deck, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah.
1: yeah, otherwise it becomes pay to win, right? Because you need to get the most recent, most update cards, and the newest cards, and the stronger cards. Otherwise, you're lagging behind, and you're not going to be able to keep up, and you're just going to stain uh,
0: Pay to win is just a whole other topic on its own, I think. Oh, my God. Yeah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Pay to win. Pay to win
2: anything. Pay to win at the casino. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So, Kev, I know you mentioned off recording um, that you recently, like, sold your card collection.
1: Yeah, I went and uh, sold my Star Wars uh, CCG collection because it had been literally sitting in my closet for, like, two decades. So, I just figured it was time. I was cleaning it out. And I went on Facebook, uh, looked up some, uh, groups that were still kind of into collecting, you know, CCGs. And I found a couple, there's still a Star Wars CCG, uh, trading and selling group. And nice. then also a dead CCG, uh, Facebook group where they collect, uh, some other ones like Babylon five and Shadowrun run and a whole bunch of other ones like aliens vs predator. And Ooh. with that one, someone,
0: someone just mentioned that game to me the other day. AVP. Anyway, yeah,
1: yeah, and uh, I found that group uh, priced out some of my stuff, and I had two thousand cards, and about what? 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 Yeah, I had about eighteen hundred to two thousand uh, Star Wars cards altogether. Wow, and that's a lo- yeah, because I had to like count it out and figure out and to sort of try to cost. What were What were some of the
2: What were some of the 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 really good cards like what were some of the big cards that you had i had lando i think
1: i had uh dark side and light side lando calrissian i had princess leia in the uh slave leia uh costume <laughs> i had
2: worth one dollar yeah, pretty much pretty much <laughs> none of
1: them were worth like much at all I had all the bounty hunters like Zuckus, Forlom, Dengar, IG. Whoa, you had all the you had all the bounty hunters. Yeah, too? yeah, and from Empire Strikes Back. I had the whole lineup. I had all of them. Oh, I remember that oh. was that was
2: one of the coolest things. That was actually one of the coolest things having the bounty hunter set because they had ships too.
0: So how much did uh, this collection run you? Like how much did you get for it? If you don't mind me so, asking. So
1: no, not at all. I was talking to the group. Some of them priced it around like. And from 120 to maybe 200, if I sold them all individually rather than selling them as a set. So okay. I sold, I found a guy, I posted it for about 150. And I actually got like three or four guys contacting me, and I did sell it for that within less than a day.
0: Not bad, not bad. I'm going to
2: geek out really quickly about hey, this for yeah, a yeah. second. So, the one the really cool thing I really liked about uh, the Star Wars CCG was that it kind of gave me background on like, characters that were in the movies that you didn't really know about
0: yeah yeah
2: they had
1: lore on top of every card and it like yeah it added so much more to the universe and that part was really cool i really loved that part
2: yeah i thought like that was the coolest thing about it like the game kind of sucked in my mind but (laughs) that (laughs) like what i remember i remember it it was like again it was really long a lot of collecting, but I remember that part of it was was really interesting because, like, you could, like, like just focusing on the bounty hunters, I remember there was, like, six or five or six bounty hunters in that scene, and the cool thing was that if you collected every card, it kind of told you about every bounty hunter and their ship. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So it was, like, that is, it was awesome. That was awesome, you know? Like, I thought, like, that blew my mind. Yeah. But the game didn't. That's alright. I just, I just,
0: I just re- I just reached into my deck and I pulled out a card and it's got this random character, but he's got a name, Lieutenant Cecius, uh, and a little background story on him. That's kind of cool. What's, what's his background? Uh, the listeners. I can't read. I'm old. <laughs> uh, former member of the Imperial Infantry, specializes in boarding and taking control of enemy ships. Native of Vogel Seven, hasn't had a date in years. That's boarding. (laughs) 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 Well, I don't don't know if you guys knew um, or read the or saw the video a little while back. I know we're not talking about magic, but some lady was on the Antique Roadshow and she found a binder full of her husband's Magic the Gathering beta cards from 93.
2: Hold on, hold on. Is her husband dead? I don't know. Because I, I, I was,
0: I didn't get the background. Yeah, he had a binder. He has, he has a binder or had a binder, just full of the entire beta cards from '93, like the original Magic: The Gathering deck. And they valued it at sixty-five to a hundred thousand dollars at auction. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I. <laughs> Sorry, I really had to do that.
2: I, I think John's like spitting up water or something over there. That's well, I'm, all just drinking, I'm just
0: drinking my beer here. That's all.
2: Um, no, I just, I just feel like, like that's great. But okay, first of all, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> first of all, why this? They had this. Clearly, this really expensive binder of magic cards, and the husband. Where's the husband? Is he? If he's passed, if he's passed, I get it. If he's not passed, this is just like one of those, like, hey, let's just show everyone how much my collection's worth, you know? Like, let me just show anyone. Everyone who made fun of me in high school is gonna be jealous <laughs> when they see that my collection's worth worth sixty thousand dollars. Look
0: at my collection, you know I mean? guys. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We're saying that and we're we're like king of the nerds, so don't okay. <laughs> don't take that the wrong way. But that's that's how I feel. I'm like, what is going on here? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, come on, uh, uh. man. And then um and then yeah, and then oh and then sixty thousand dollars, that actually makes me kind of upset because I feel like at one point I had an ancestral recall, which was uh like I think it was like a hundred bucks when I had it. I got it for fifty. And then it turned into a hundred dollars when I sold it. But like, man, like, <laughs> makes me feel like I should I should have just kept all the I should have went and collected all the sets back then because they were available. You could find them. Black Lotus was five hundred dollars instead of like fifty or not fifty thousand, but five thousand. It was yeah. five hundred instead of five thousand, right? So yeah,
0: I remember I saw Black Lotus card at uh, I think I've seen one twice. It was at the card shop.
2: I thought it right? was, was one there? at
0: the card shop, and then I saw one at a convention recently or. Uh, yeah, I think it was at, uh, either like Fan Expo or either the, uh, or the Detroit Comic Con. I don't remember, but I remember being like, that's a beautiful card.
2: It, you know what the art on it, it is actually a really beautiful card. <laughs> the art on it's like superb. So
0: it's
1: nice. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, it's like oil based painting. So it was really cool.
0: Anything else you guys want to add? I do have like one small little thing to add. What you, you got to add, <laughs> Matt? What you got to add?
2: Um, so, uh, every month I do the stats, I do. I, um, so basically, when we started this whole thing, I really wanted to keep on trend with the board games that were popular. Yeah. And the best way to do that is to go to Board Game Geek, and, and you can, and they have a list actually of all the most popular games. So I, being a computer nerd, I, uh, figured out a way to pull that every day and log it in a database. And so it kind of shows when a game is on the list. So every day, so every day. Borging compiles that stats and puts it out there for the day for the yeah. previous day so when you look at the stats you're like oh this was you know people are either searching it or buying it or playing it that's how they get their their stats i don't i don't know the inner workings because that's that's board game geeks thing but um i see if it's on the list or not or but what's really cool is you get to see these little stats about them like going up and down and up and down and you know they're like sometimes games are fighting to be on the list and sometimes games are just completely strong and then Sometimes, like you see a little bit of media press coverage or something towards the game, and it kind of appears on the lists for like five or six days, cool. or maybe a Kickstarter starts. So yeah, it's it's something I've been doing, and uh, every month I kind of make us lose followers because I go online and I start posting facts <laughs> about <laughs> <laughs> the list. I'm like,
0: hey, check out these cool stats!
2: <laughs> you all want to see it, right? So, well, so hey, this month, you
0: know, I'm gonna argue, I'm gonna argue with that <laughs> with you for a minute. So, okay, go for it. so you you say that you know it makes us lose follow, followers on our Twitter or whatever, but if people weren't interested in it, it wouldn't be a thing.
2: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. The so. fact that I'm interested in it is is something good. And 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 th- thank you, thank you for cut get cu- getting my back. But I'm just I'm making fun of myself. I could do that.
0: That's okay. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying. You know, I actually really enjoy looking at the stats because it's like it's like that one video you you sent to us like months ago where it was like the timeline of uh the board games popularity list and it showed right. like the graph and like everything how everything kind of like came in and out of popularity based on the year and what was going on with that thing it was actually really interesting to look at so
2: yeah and this and this um the cool thing that i'm collecting with this is you're going to see the same thing actually what's what's kind of neat I, I would let it be available to the public but it actually cost money to pull we've been doing this since july and i have all the stats from july and it's really neat because when you look at it you can see like all the games on there and like oh wow this one's been been popular every single day since july can you guess what that game is gloomhaven no wingspan nope you guys are close you're on the right track popular game with the board game community <sighs> uh has fluffy animals monopoly tragic. <laughs> Neither of those are on the list at all,
0: actually. Everdell.
2: Um Everdell's close. You're uh, it's it's always Everdell's always second to this game for some reason. I don't know. Has a long rule book. Root Root's the oh, game. Oh root, root. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Root Root is the game. It's uh, I swear it's since July it has a perfect
0: line. And I'm like, well wow. yeah but if you think about it like root came when did, When did it come out last year no it came out 2018 2018 right so it came out 2018 it won best board game
2: in april may april right of 2019 so basically right. when that happened everyone's like i gotta play this game
0: right and then they released all like the the expansion Yes. And then they just recently came out with the uh, RPG.
2: Right. But from what I heard, it was really popular uh, 2018 packs Unplugged. So 2018 packs Unplugged, people were loving it then. And it just kind of like became the game of the year 2019 for obvious reasons. Yeah. And then it was hard. It was hard. To, it, you're kind of right. It does have to do with production. Like now it's being actually produced. Like for instance, you couldn't even buy it in 2019 because they weren't producing oh, enough I, of
0: them. I remember seeing someone uh, that we follow on Instagram being like, "I can't find this game anywhere." And then uh, and then we were going to Pack South, and I was like, "Well, if I see it, I'll buy it and somehow ship it to you." So, like I was having this like full on conversation, like, "How is this? How is this gonna work? If I <laughs> if we if I find <laughs> this right? Because I live in Canada, you live somewhere in the United States. It's gonna be well, the most expensive you, you would thing give I it." Ever.
2: You would give it to me, and you know I'd sh- yeah, mail yeah, it yeah. when I go to work. But you know uh, it's just like,
0: <laughs> but it was just like it was it was that it was like if you see it snag it, but you just couldn't find it.
2: No, you couldn't, and they didn't have. Well, I mean they didn't have it at Pack South because PAX South wasn't letter game. I don't even think Letter Games was there, to be honest. No, with you. but there was were...
0: reta- there was retailers selling stuff.
2: Yeah, that's true. I don't know if they I don't know if any of them had them though, because a lot of like uh, they did a lot of, uh, when I was at PAX Unplugged, all they like, all the games were there, including Root. I think you could buy Root. Or maybe I know they would have been sold out a route at Pax
0: Unplugged, which is kind of crazy. Uh, so. Yeah, they they were because this person was like, I tried to find it at Pax Unplugged and I couldn't.
2: So I really got lucky when I bought it at Gen Con yeah. last year.
0: Thank you for that. Sorry, I know like, I know you. I know I wanted it and then switched my changed my mind for a less expensive game so thanks for buying no
2: i uh i really uh i mean you you have it right now i know we haven't gotten a chance to play it but man it is a great game and and you know we were kind of discouraged by it because of all the rules but i feel like we've one thing to live a board game life is that after like you really start getting into it complicated games they all just kind of look the same (laughs) right so you're just like oh this is just like this and you just kind of figure it out so where i was going with that was that um, I actually changed up how I did stats this this uh, month, and I think it's for the better. I made uh, an article, and I put it all in one article. It took me a lot longer, so normally it takes me about uh, 30 minutes over four or five days, but instead I did three hours over one day to just put together this massive list of all the observations and put it out there. Cool, man. Yeah, so uh, I think that might be good. You guys should check it out. It's on our website, FridayNight.Games, and should be one of the top articles. Yeah, it's really cool. Check it out.
0: Sweet. I appreciate you doing that, Matt. That's awesome, because uh, I know that helps me with some of my purchasing decisions.
2: Yeah, and that's that's actually the reason why I did it, because I wanted to buy games that I'm like, oh, we never played this game, but everyone really likes it, because you, and, you, and you know that because it's been strong for so long. So it's like okay, like these are the games you know we need to update our our minds on because you know why why are people playing them? What is good about them? That's those are the questions you're you're asking, right? What am All I right. missing out on?
0: So after our conversation, um, as we wrap up, is there a specific kind of game you guys prefer now that you've kind of played? Do you prefer LCGs versus the CCGs?
2: Uh, yeah, I prefer actually prefer uh, the living card games. Yeah, um, it's, it's really it's really turned for me mainly because i can get a core set i could play it and i could stop or i can in, do a deep investment into um you know say arkham horror the the card game and then get a bunch of expansions for another hundred and something dollars nice. and then be very be very content so yeah it has it has actually changed my mind a lot and i kind of wish that existed when when, when i played magic <laughs> um, honestly i think i think i would if that did exist i would still be a magic player to this day
0: and for me since i haven't played i don't think i've played any lcgs it actually makes it makes a little bit more sense financially for my sake i feel now you know as an adult as you know someone who has bills to pay as kids you know to invest money into a single card that can be hundreds thousands of dollars just to add into my deck for for what i think following the lcg route is a little bit better and it sounds like marvel champions sounds like a super fun game Horms, sounds like a, a super fun game i haven't played either of them
2: yeah i definitely intend to let you borrow both of them or play them with you at some point so yeah, yeah. Forward to that.
0: i think i'm gonna side with you and enjoy the LC, lcg line what about you kev
1: yeah sounds uh sounds like i'm right there with you guys with lcgs it definitely levels the playing field a lot better because then I don't have to go out and buy like 20 packs to get some awesome card and magic to throw on my my deck. Instead I can just buy the core set levels of playing field and your deck
2: that sucks (laughs) (laughs) sorry i'm not mad
1: with like millions of wax boxes every christmas and birthday and it's like oh look i have four manticores i'm like okay i have an elephant (laughs) like you're gonna cream me
2: (laughs) well and 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 that's the problem with the game that's the problem with the game right there you know what i mean like right there pay to win from a very rich perspective (laughs) Which is actually not true. Don't believe one hundred percent of that. But no, it's like that is the problem with the game. The problem with the game is you have to spend a ton of money, and it shouldn't be that. Un- it shouldn't be that accessible. It shouldn't be for the
0: rich. Exactly. Right. That's a whole other topic on its own. I think. <laughs> well, we appreciate everyone uh, checking out our podcast. Um, If you like what you hear, don't forget to check us out on our website. We have a new website handle. It's FridayNight.Games. And don't hesitate uh, to leave us a review on any of the streaming platforms that you listen to us on. Uh, We would love to hear what you guys think. And don't forget as well, Matt and I, myself, John, are very active on our Instagram and Twitter. So check us out on there and connect with us. We'd be happy to talk with you anytime. Appreciate it. And thanks again, guys, for uh, connecting with me over the internet while we navigate this uh, pandemic and hopefully we can play in a room together it is friday night so let's have some fun guys appreciate it thanks